Bump it up, it up, it up, it up, it up, it up. The check in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. It's... All right, well, welcome, welcome. From the front to the back, from the F to the D, from the M to the E, you know where we be at the check-in. You know what we're doing at the check-in. You know who we are at the check-in. Ah. Hello, what's happening, friends? Welcome back to the check-in, where we bring you our take on news and updates from the industry. We are your hosts. I am Asis Jubang. And I am Graham Sproul. And as always, the show is split into three segments. Starters, main, and desserts. For starters, we give you a rundown of some industry news that's piqued our interest this week. For mains, we take a closer look at a key topic of interest in the industry today. And for dessert, we leave you with a story that is short and sweet. So with no further ado, let's get you all checked in. So I was trying to find something interesting to start off uh, for a, a starter, an appetizer. Uh, Assis, you've been um, on this topic a little more than I have, but uh, I thought I could at least touch on a little bit. I think it's more something you're interested in than me, but it's called a meaningful metaverse for hospitality and the power of presence. Um, and I like the way it started off. This is what caught my attention is that it wasn't very technical. It said, it starts off, it says, it cannot be stressed enough that people are the heart of hospitality. So anyway, it's just saying this article about with innovations of technology, like you were saying now, hotels are even moving into the metaverse. So you can now yep, check are. in on some kind of metaverse and there's different ones. You know, hotels are already starting to invest in them almost like you would invest in property. Uh, mm. So the article, it says, it says something called Web3 technology. It says it's not text for text's sake. It's about bringing people together and facilitating yeah. a shared experience in the virtual world. Um, it cites this article, Meet Me in the Metaverse, the continuum of technology and experience reshaping business. And it indicates that 55% of consumers agree that more of their lives and livelihoods are moving into digital spaces. That's a really mm -hmm. high number, actually, especially given that you know, I doubt like my grandma, even my parents' generation are that much in that statistic because, you know, like a lot of them have trouble using smartphones, at least in my opinion. So, <laughs> sorry, was I was at ageist of me, but anyway. Um, so yeah, 55%. So digital spaces um, are now becoming an important part of people's lives just as physical spaces are, you know? So, yes. you know, yeah, so... It's it's basically just going through. It's a very, you know, it's just saying the same things you're saying that it it makes sense with so much of our lives now being um, online and now with the advent of these 3D worlds that Meta, Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook company, and others are creating. That you know, like you've been saying, there's it would make, it would behoove the hospitality industry and the hotel industry to to follow this trend. You know. Um, um, yeah, I mean, you you know where I stand on this already. You've said it yourself. Yeah. And yeah, the metaverse and, and Web 3.0 is something that has to be embraced by hospitality. I mean, I've said this many a times before. Hospitality has always been lackluster, has always been falling behind when it comes to adapting technology. And that is something we really need to just 
wash our hands off of and just get rid of that whole mentality and that whole mindset, which I honestly believe is happening now because so many companies out there, so many brands out there are embracing the metaverse. Mm -hmm. We've had episodes on this many a times and the metaverse has, it just has so many different applications apart from what we've already spoken about in previous episodes, guys, you can listen to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the other applications that I haven't even brought up to you is pretty much sort of having a cup, well, I wouldn't say carbon copy, but so having a digital copy of your hotel your real world hotel having a digital copy of that in the metaverse right and you can have every single aspect of your build i'm talking about down to the millisecond down to the paint down to the structure down to the glass down to the color you can have that copied onto into the metaverse right and you can have simulations running on the metaverse building and you Mm -hmm. can watch how those simulations are going to turn up in terms of your fire safety systems your your electronic safety systems your maneuvering your you can sort of just run it through in the metaverse you can see the results you can test it out you can see the results and if you're happy with the results you can just transfer all that back into the real world and see how it actually pans out so there are so many different aspects to the metaverse i mean you can have your hotel in the metaverse your new starters your new recruits your new employees right before they even set foot in your actual real world building you get them into a place you give them all meta you give them all vr headsets they can have a walk around of your building in the metaverse before they even come into the real building so they did so they know the layout of the buildings so they know where the crucial points are of the building so there is so many applications to the metaverse that it is yeah it's nuts so it has to be embraced well i you know i'll just say like i think i've been a little more of a skeptic than you i mean i understand the (laughs) appeal like you know so i've had a stressful day of work you know i'd really like to go to 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 bali I mean, that's a beautiful island. Everyone says great things. I haven't been there, but I've heard great things about it. But it's supposed to be gorgeous. Anyway, I don't have the Mm. time to, between now and my work starts tomorrow, to jump on a plane and travel however many thousands of miles. But perhaps if I put in my VR goggles, it'll create some experience where I can travel to Bali or someplace. And I think that's where I'm a little more skeptical. I mean, I just, I don't know maybe i'm getting too old but you know like i watch my cousins watch minecraft stuff and i'm like i don't see some of the like the warm ocean breeze flowing across my face the the smell of those pork skewers by the the food carts on the side the the hot sun you know burning my my lobster red nose you know i, I don't know i just don't know if it can recreate a thing but there is one little thing in this article, which I'll touch on very quickly because I know we need mm. to move on, but um, which is, it talks about part of what the, which is what's interesting about the metaverse. It's not just what we described, you know, being able to check, go into a hotel, the metaverse or go on a vacation, but it says that there's even metaverse or VR solutions, uh, VR technology solutions to things that used to be very cumbersome. So it just gives examples. Say you're an event planner and you're planning yeah. a regional conference for your company. Typically, again, let's just stick with what I've been talking about. Say it's a company that has offices in Asia and you want to meet in Bali. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, it's a nice place. We can get deals. So I'd have to fly thousands of miles to go there, meet meet with the um, conference events menu manager in each of the hotels, look at the space. But now with VR technology, 
I can put on these goggles and they can recreate the whole you can the whole world you of it. Can. So I can I can tour what the hotel and everything looks like as an event and conference planner for my company just using VR or metaverse technology. And I can get a sense of what everything will look like, how big the room is, everything. Yeah. I mean, you could yeah. probably even train staff this way. So there's a lot of um customer exactly. and That's solutions for employees saying, and customers yeah. where you could you could do a whole bunch of stuff using the metaverse. But that doesn't mean we still can't physically meet in that hotel. It just means that I can get a sense of what everything looks like, try everything out through VR technology. So it's interesting. Yeah, I kind of, so that's kind of wore me up a little bit to this thing. I don't really know if I like it as a substitute for going to Bali, but I think as a kind of a way to, for, you know, marketing solutions and, and things like that and some things like that, it could be really interesting some other ways too, so. All right. 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 So my starter obviously brings me back to hospitality net. And it brings me to my article, which, which is, well, okay. Right. So this article is by Haley Wolf. And the article says, what is same day pay? And is it here to stay? Well, and as she continues to say, it's not enough to hire well, find ways to retain good talent. So, it's about same day pay, right? And the article is quite long, so I'm going to get to the juice a bit. What is same day pay? So she explains, same day pay, also referred to as real time pay or on-demand pay, is a payment option that eliminates traditional pay period intervals, which are weekly, bi-weekly or monthly, you know, the status quo. And instead, of, and instead offers employees instant payment for work. More and more businesses are exploring this option in order to attract and retain employees. The value of hospitality employees is high, but as we saw from the pandemic, it can be scarce. This payment solution can be useful to help keep consistent and reliable staff to run a hotel. So again, from everything we've been, we've been talking about this year, this again is one of the thinking outside the box sort of strategies that hotels are trying to use to sort of keep their employees, entice new employees and try to entice the old employees to come back in. So again, just different benefits, you know, just to give people options and variety in the industry. Now, this same day pay, she makes a point here to say, who is same day pay targeting? The younger generation of workers are attracted to same-day pay because they tend to have short-term financial commitments and enjoy the flexibility of the work. And she goes on to say later on that it's not just for them. I mean, any employee that's working anywhere nowadays, because how life is nowadays, things can happen out of a whim. You might just get into financial difficulties. Your boiler could break down. Your car could break down. And you need money there and then. And how the system is now in terms of biweekly or monthly payments, if you have an emergency outgoing and you need to get some money, how have people been resolving that issue in the past, in recent years? They've been turning to payday loans. They, you know, they've been turning to family members asking for money. So this will just take so much stress off of people's shoulders. It's unbelievable. And one thing that really annoys me about this now is that this is nothing new, Graham. Mm -hmm. 
right? This on-demand pay is nothing new. The first time I came across something like this was when I was working in Crown Plaza in Heathrow. This was a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And even then, it wasn't part of the system, if that makes sense. It was it was part of the it was part of the EAP, the employee assistance program. So that essentially is to help employees that are going through difficult times, mm -hmm. you know, whether that be financial difficulty, emotional, you know, physical, mental difficulty, you talk to them, well, you give them a call, they give you professional to talk to, and they can also help you with, a, you know, this same day pay. So that's what really annoys me about this, because this isn't anything new. It's always been there, but for some reason, the industry has just been reluctant or, or the industry just hasn't paid any attention to it or they just weren't interested. Because remember what I was telling you earlier on, prior to the pandemic, we had crucial structural systemic issues in the industry that just weren't being addressed. What do you think? Well, you know, it seems to me that the technology is there or just about there. I mean, I'm not an expert. I'm not a techie guy. I always tell that to people. But um I remember like um, working at one hotel in Canada. It was actually a small hotel, actually. But in my opinion, and I guess it was just the hotel group that it was part of, they had really good like high tech um, and high tech means of um, uh, how should I put it? Like um, keeping track of employees' hours and pay. So we used um, uh, and you downloaded this app from ADP. Now ADP is a huge American. Um, uh, payment system. I don't, I think in the UK, they use different ones, but in the US and countries like Canada, like ADP is, is huge. So you download this ADP app and it's cool. You go on it and it has like your scheduled hours or your rota and it has your, you know, how much holiday pay you have. Um, like it has all your information there, you know, it even has your position, all your employment information and uh, your bank account information. And the way it worked was that when you would go up to the front desk or wherever it is you sign in, you went to the hotel, there was like a radius around it. I don't know how many meters it was, but I know once you got in the, in the car park or the parking lot and with your car, you could check into your work and you could check out. And it was set up in such a way that if your, your manager had scheduled you say from three to 11, you know, even if you signed in at two and you signed out automatically on your phone using this app at like 1 a.m., it would still just give you that, that, you know, the eight hours pay that you were scheduled for. And yet oh, they right. still only paid us like, I think, bi-weekly. Um, bi-weekly is more common in North America than UK okay, where it's yeah. monthly. But yeah, but, but I imagine that the only reason they did that is just so the manager could go over and look over and say, oh, well, did you forget to sign in one day so they could correct that? Or oh, did you work overtime one day and I have to adjust something? But theoretically, if at, at the end of every day, because ADP calculates automatically, it doesn't even have an accountant do it. It just has the manager going to look at it. If you approved and said, oh yeah, I checked in and checked out in the correct time, eight hours, you, you it should be able to just process it automatically the same day. So maybe the only holdup would be is if you had to work overtime or you forgot to sign in or out and you needed someone to go in and fix it. But Anyway, I, I, just reading the circle, it seems to me that this is something that should be, you know, the technology is either there or very close to being there, you know, so I'm not sure why more, more places don't do it, you know, for this new generation using that technology. It's interesting. 
Yeah, no, it makes more sense. I mean, this this should be something that's widely accepted within the industry because people, especially in this day and age, you know, with that rising cost of everything, people need money, you know. Cars break down, boilers break down, you know, you break windows. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, it should be straightforward. It should be accepted. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll see why. Maybe there's, I don't know why. I suspect that some of it is just tradition, you know. We're so used to being bi-weekly or monthly that we haven't even realized that we have the apps like that ADP one I just referenced that have the ability that people should almost get be able to get paid daily unless, you know, there's something that needs an override or something like that. Let's move on to the main course here. Uh, so my main course, it's, of course, is what questions travelers ask themselves before choosing a hotel. So Ooh. this might seem pretty basic. And then, yeah. well, you'll see later. My dessert is very thought that goes into it, though. Yeah. Well, well for me, people anyways. will see this and say, this, this, this main topic is very, like, unsophisticated and simple. But it's, it's the article exactly what it sounds. What questions travelers ask themselves before choosing a hotel? Just to make this a little bit more fun. Do you want to take a stab with what the first question is? Go back to your hospitality training. I guess. Right, well, right. um, you know think what? Of yourself. I would... When you're booking a hotel, what is the first thing that you look for? Just take it from there and just see if you can maybe figure out what the first one is. Right. Okay. Um, first one people think about, I would say, what well, location is one. Yes, that's it. Um, you got it. Yeah, that is so... the first question. Yeah, I would say location is one. And then after location, I suppose price will come into it as well. But I don't know if that's number two or number three. But for me, for me, location is definitely number one. And then yeah. price is definitely number two. Yeah. And number three now is the brand or the type of hotel or the stars or the ratings, should I say? Yeah, I would say. Well, so give it well, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure about the other ones that they put here. I think, I think that they're they're. Um, I think that the way they've structured this is that it's kind of like additional questions you would you know like when someone calls and says now it says on the website that blah 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 like I think it's 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 sort of questions people would ask not necessarily getting and location might seem strange but you never know like sometimes you know when you're traveling to a new place. You know, you're not really sure from looking at the map. Like, is this so? You you call and you say, "Is this close to the football stadium or the football arena?" You know, and you want to double check. So, but you're yeah, absolutely right. Sure. And I and I knew location too. Uh, I remember in in school when you know taking a class and the teachers like, "What's the first thing, the most important attribute that uh, travelers will look for in a hotel?" And it's I remember this power this powerpoint slide all as you're saying location location location, like location. If, if the hotel isn't located where you want to go then it doesn't What's really matter everything else unless you're just unless you're just traveling to you're like um i don't know what the what the hotel equivalent is of a foodie you're like um i've got a friend that's like this actually we should we should put some of his work on this show he likes to go to hotels and like do videos where he does a tour of what $200 US gets you in Kuala Lumpur. But unless you're one of those, uh, I don't know, like hotel fanatics, I guess, who likes to try different hotels and 
mm. you go to Dubai, you know, some places like Dubai, it's you almost have to love the hotels to go there because that's a large part of what it is. But anyway, it's location essentially for the vast majority of people. So it just says, you know, um, the hotel <laughs> location is the vital aspect to consider before booking. It makes or breaks a guest experience. Um, yeah. And a hotel that's strategically located. So, so location is, uh, is, is, is huge. I think it's the, it, it's really, in my opinion, the biggest factor, or, you know, if you're traveling, you want something that's sort of central to the tourist locations you want to go or something that good, tra- good for transportation, you know, so. All mm-hmm. right. Anything else you wanted to add to that or? Um, yeah. Location is definitely number one. And then secondly, it would, definitely be the price point because in this day and age again we're we're in a cost of living crisis they call it i mean just just listen to that cost of living crisis right so it's i don't think it's just for me it's for a majority of the population in this planet that Mm -hmm. price and cost is utmost important nowadays so for me price is a very big factor that Mm -hmm. has to come in so that's number two for me yeah um, and then when it comes to number three, I think that, again, that's highly linked to the price, which is what type of hotel it is. Yeah. Um, I've gotten to a point where when it comes to budget hotels, I would stay in a budget hotel if I had to. I would stay in a budget hotel if it was in the location. And if it was the only hotel in the mm-hmm. location, I would definitely stay a budget. Yeah. But by yeah. that... Um, I like experiences, you know, I like different types of hotel. I mean, chains, yes, every now and then, I don't mind, because at least, you know, they've got brand standards and you know what you're going to get. And then when it comes to boutique hotels, oh, I love boutique hotels, man. It's just, you know, every single one is different. Oh, I, I, get, I, get, I get a quibble bit though. Like, I mean, boutique hotels are good too, like, but, you know, it's supposed to be an experience that's more sort of, it's sort of more tailored to the guest's unique experience. That's sort of what you they say you boutique hotels are. But I gotta admit, like I just find it's these brands that oftentimes just provide extra, like you know, exotic soaps or something like that. Like I don't know. I just find it's like boutique is one of those overwrought words. Like we're a we're a boutique hotel, and I, and I get it. it. It's it's also sort of used sometimes in industry to denote hotels that don't follow that cookie cutter kind of model, you know? Oh, so, yeah. I mean, even, you know, our experience, like M Gallery is kind of boutique in the sense that every M no, Gallery has is, a different design. That is a perfect yeah. example. M yeah. Gallery is a collection. Anyway, yeah. M Gallery collections yeah. are the perfect example yeah. of what boutiques can be yeah. and what boutiques, yeah. I, I want to say should be, but yeah. what boutiques can be. And yeah, yeah no, actually, yeah. yeah, what boutiques should be, yeah. you know, and every single hotel is different. Every single property, shall we say, every single property is different. Every property mm-hmm. has their own history, has their own story mm-hmm. to tell, you know? Well, and that's, that's the unlike, you know, unlike, you know, say you're um, just, just stay on Aqua a bit, because I know we've been, in our last episode, I was talking about them too, but you know, your Mercury or Ibis, which are, they're cookie cutter. Like you go to one, yeah. it's the same design, the same breakfast, everything's the same. Whereas, you know, boutique, I think is, you know, they're usually absolutely. So actually you'd be surprised at this, deceased, but the number two question they have for guests is not price. Although I would think, I would probably guess the same as you. It's how inviting is the hotel. Now, 
my 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 theory on this is that is that when you're looking at a location, you said, okay, this is the location, the neighborhood that I need to stay at. So mm. I need something near the train station so I don't have to lug my Air Canada luggage so far like I did through um, uh, Lisbon that one time. <laughs> oh gosh, I almost died there. Alfama. Oh gosh. Anyway, this Alfama. It's where I almost had a heart attack. Anyway, so, but I, I think that I think a lot of the prices are almost the same in that area. Like it's just the nature of the beast. So when you yeah. start to have similar pricing, then you sort of like, well, what looks nicest, you know? So then I think it, you sort of hit on a little bit. Oh, is it mm. just, is it, is it like, you know, I don't want to go to like a cheap budget cookie cutter. Is there something that's, you know, maybe for 10 pounds more, that's a little bit nicer, that'll give me a little bit more of a unique experience. So I think yeah. that's what they're looking for, you know, like, oh, that, that, you know, oh, that nice hotel with the, with the flower pots and the, you know, fresh croissants and stuff. It looks nicer than just going to another, you know, you know, budget hotel that's, you know, I've been to, you've been to one of them, you've been to all of them, you know, so that's number two. Um, the, the third one it actually says um, is, are there additional charges? And this is the kind of thing that I find like when people call a hotel that they would sort of ask, you know, is there anything hidden? You know, because it is sort of true. I mean, I went to, I went to a hotel in Germany where, you know, it was a good price and everything, but it almost seemed too good to be true. And sure enough, when I got there, they're like, oh, if you didn't bring your own towels and sheets and stuff, it's like, you have to pay us, you know, <laughs> 10 euros or something. And I'm like, what? I'm like, don't you just provide that? And they're like, oh no. I'm like, why did you think it was so cheap for like this area? And I'm like, so, you know, it isn't, it isn't a shoot. I know like, like 10 years ago, a lot of hotels used to charge for Wi-Fi. I think that's pretty much done now. Yeah. Um, are charges all inclusive? Oh, yeah, Is there that's, Wi-Fi? that's definitely done. No more charges for Wi-Fi now in this day yeah. and age anyways. Um, will the fees include access to the lounge? Are the additional parking fees? Yeah, well, I think you and That's I are true. in a place for the Very parking. true. Jeez. It's a big question. You never know. And you can get really killed on certain places. Oh, winter. But <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so interesting. Um, will number four is there's only a couple more, so I'm almost done here, but will the available amenities cater to all my needs so Assis, you have two girls i don't know maybe they're not quite old enough yet but swimming pool is a huge thing for families i find like if, it is if you that if has you, just you, gone up my list as well you know now that you've mentioned swimming, it the twisty slide you know the twisty yeah slide. That, that's something i gotta think about now when we're mm-hmm. looking at hold well actually when when we're traveling as a family that is something we factor in swimming pools and you know what the children are going to do but if it's just for me no i'm not too fussed about that but you know if it's just me and the missus yeah uh swimming pools spa spa yeah. area you know all that jazz but yeah. the children yeah swimming pool is something oh, and, i and, find and, and, myself and, thinking about now and when families with kids check in and the swimming pool is like out of service or the slide oh boy you'll hear it oh my Anyone god this is it's like because that's oh why they booked god. that hotel otherwise we were just going on this the prices are all the same but yours had the slide <laughs> in the swimming pool that's why i took my kids there exactly. so that's that competitive edge you have or the spa if you book something for your wife i mean that's a problem or if you're exactly. a gym rat and there's no gym or the gym is out of service, big problem. 
Um, another amenity that it says most clients, clients, I would say guests consider is we uh, accessible elevator. So, you know, people who have accessibility or mobility issues, that's a big thing. I'm lucky I don't, but many people do. Um, luggage storage, free parking, there's that parking space, room service, concierge, some people, 24-7 reception, obviously, if you're getting there and getting in there late. Unless um, Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Will there be parties booked at the same time? Obviously, some people, again, if it's a romantic getaway, something like that, you're not going to be too happy if there's like a sports team or some kind of football team staying there. But that's something you wouldn't be able to tell from the website. So again, these are sort of questions to ask. And the last one here, I'm, I'll wrap it up because these are all pretty straightforward, but good to go over. Uh, does the hotel guarantee my, guarantee my safety? Now, I don't know. I didn't really think about this one as much, but I guess there's certain areas that are a little rough. People, you know, certain places have reputations. And I think with COVID, safety is definitely an issue. You know? I mean, it used to be you come in and what are your measures? You know, do you wear masks, sanitizer? So, you know, you could expand that from just, you know, do you have security there, your doors locked? But that's a big thing, especially for older travelers, I find. Yeah, yeah, that's you're right. Very true, that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was just kind of scouring um, the news in terms of what's happening in hospitality and hotels, uh, I kept getting references from different authors and hoteliers about this book um, by a gentleman named Daniel Kahneman. What is it? I mean, there's a lot in there. It's very, I think it's a, a large part of the book is about psychology, but let me see if I can just break this down a little bit. Why? So many people in uh, hospitality are excited about it. Um, okay. He, for instance, he says in his book, he common writes, as odd as it may seem when I'm remembering myself and experiencing of myself who does my living, it's like a stranger to me. So he kind of thinks that when you go back and you think about, you know, the past, how things were, that it's distorted. It's, you don't really remember it truly as how it was you only remember you know facets of it which is why he said it's almost like you're a stranger so what is he saying he's saying that when people um have an experience um this remembering of self he says that they only remember the maximum or the minimum of the experience or by the way it ends now, as for that last part, that's something I actually kind of learned taking a little bit of psychology and hospitality, which is where we do a good job about first impressions and how is the stay is. But often when people yeah. are waiting for the check or they're leaving, that's often the last part is often what sticks in their mind. I mean, I remember uh, advising colleagues. I said, you know, if you're not a good singer, just hit that last note perfectly. That's all people will remember is if you know, what does he mean by like the, 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 um, uh, the maximum or the minimum of it. Well, what he's saying is that experiences are distorted by things. So for instance, if, if you're having dinner, let's just say you're having dinner uh, at, a, at a hotel or a restaurant and mm. you, it's where you got your, you had your first kiss, you know, after dinner, that that experience of the first kiss will make you feel when you look back on it, like that was such a wonderful dinner. In truth, the food, the service, everything could have been pretty mediocre. 
but because yeah. that was where you had your first kiss it it's again i think it's like the the maximum of the experience is what he's describing here now the minimum of the mm. experience as i understand it if i'm interpreting it correctly is is if you go back and say you went out with friends but you don't really remember anything that happened from there except that oh you were stuffed after that meal that's just sort of the minimum experience all you remember is that you weren't hungry from having that hamburger with your friends so I think what he's going to say is that, you know, we, I think why it's causing such a stir in the hotel industry is because it's sort of the way I interpret it is that it's sort of pointing out that a lot of the things we're doing, like, you know, paying meticulous attention to that every facet, you know, part of their stay is special, but mm. we're sort of forgetting some of these psychological tricks. So what good is it if we make sure that, that, their room is cleaned perfectly every day that they're staying at the hotel. But then, but then when they go down to check out, they're in this long lineup and they're waiting there for 25 minutes and they're in a hurry and need to get going, you know, or yeah. what, what, what good does it make if, you know, their food is impeccable, the service is impeccable, but then at the end, they're not even given a warm smile or, you know, <laughs> or, or, or we don't even ask them how their meal was at the end. So it's, I think what he's going to say is that it's sometimes these powerful gestures which create these, you know, sometimes they call, you could call them memorable moments. That's what a lot of uh, hotel companies do. Yeah. Um, that, that's what really shapes people's memory. They don't, I don't think he's saying to leave the room dirty and to not pay attention <laughs> that, that the taxi isn't called in time, but he's sort of saying that those are in the long term, that's not what's going to influence how people remember the experience of their stay there. And, um, yeah, so he's basically saying it's these, it's these little, it's these minimum and maximum and the end of the experiences that will distort the whole experience. So maybe that's what the hotel needs to hone in on. And, you know, it's also, I'll wrap it up by just saying one quick thing is like, it's, it's also, it's also scary because it also shows that we don't have as much control over guest experience as we say we're going to. So for instance, yeah. say the first time someone comes into the hotel, they might be wow, because you know, they had a long trip and the hotel is beautiful and everything looks new. And it's like the most beautiful lobby they've ever seen. But so they come back, but you know, by the half a dozen times, you know, maybe the 12th time or the dozen time that they've been there, they don't even notice it anymore. It's like, oh, they're Novelty here all the time and off. it's fine. Yeah, so to some extent, we don't have as much power as we think we can, you know, to, to, to influence these things. Um, anyway, any any uh, quick thoughts or anything you want to add on that? Or Yeah, I mean, I absolutely get where he's coming from. I mean, on a psyche level, I re remember always saying hospitality is a psychological industry. It is, this is a mm -hmm. whole topic we should just jump oh. on next time but on oh, I, know. This... I know we we should we should we should maybe look into this more and spend it but well for example like if, if you if you remember the guest's favorite wine or their favorite drink yeah. when there that's that's all they're gonna remember from that trip is oh the bartender or the front remember desk agent remembered my favorite, favorite drink. drink they're not gonna remember if the bed how well the room was clean or the bed was made or yeah or the card that was left by the manager so i think what he's trying to say it's it's, you know, so we, I guess, I guess what a lot of the industry people are saying is that even though we say we're trying to create those kind of memorable moments, we're still kind of paying attention to a lot of the minutia that's not even necessary, but not even really picked up by the guests. It's not going to make 
so much of a difference. So, but yes, we yes, should definitely yes. try to pick up on this maybe another time. And, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Because on the flip side of that, what I take from the point, um, the point being made in the book is that Conman, yeah, pay attention to every single detail. Pay attention to as much detail as you possibly can because you never know where you're gonna slip up, right? In a sense that look at the guest journey go through every single step of the guest journey with a fine tooth comb make sure you go through your brand standards make sure you go through your you know your your routines your tasks make sure that everything is being done as it's supposed to be done pretty much that that's what i get from that because you never know where you're going to step up you said it yourself you have what we we in the industry, there's only so much control we have at the end of the day when it comes to the guest experience yeah. and how the guest leaves yeah. that building. Yeah. But at the same time, we still do have a whole heap of control. So th- that's what I get from that. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I think, think I, again, yeah, I don't think one. I don't think hotelers would be interested if they're saying that we have no control. But actually, I kind of take the opposite tact and that I think I think you're right insofar as if you don't pay attention to those details something bad will happen. Like the guests will come back and the room isn't cleaned. And then that will be, um, you know, that will be what they go away remembering, you know, um, the maximum of their experience was that bad memory. But I think of what he's trying to say is that, that we often think that if we do everything perfect, you know, we give them their card, we, we put them in the room. They like, if we follow the road that we think that that's going to have any memorable impact, but in fact, it's often sort of creating something really special or unique, or at least short of that, making sure that they leave with some sort of lasting memory of that trip. Otherwise it just sort of fades into every other sort of trip they've been there. Like, Oh yeah, the room was clean and the food was fine, but nothing really, you know, that wow factor just isn't really there. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, we should try to look on this and maybe uh, we'll see if this comes in the news and this be interesting thing to maybe explore further. So. Yeah. No, of course, of course. Right. What is so, the appetite? Yeah. Mm, no, for real. So my dessert brings me to the Guardian. And unless you've been living under a rock in well, at least in the UK for the past couple of days. And if you're a fast food fan, or shall I say if you're a McDonald's fan, you definitely would have felt this. So my <laughs> my article brings me to Guardian and it's yeah, McDonald's UK rises prices of its cheeseburger for the first time in 14 years. <laughs> yeah. So, McDonald's has announced a supersized price increase, putting up the price of its cheeseburger from a fifth, which was 99p, is being risen by, or is being risen to, £1.19, pence with immediate effect. The chain blamed its first cheeseburger price hike in 14 years on soaring costs and said other big price rises are on the horizon. And I think this McDonald's story, right, has sort of been the wake-up call to some people who just, I don't know, for some reason just haven't been able to accept or just haven't seen the hardship in terms of um, the cost of living. (laughs) I think this... My friend, I think this is just a big slap in their face because for 14 years, Graham, 14 years, I've been going to McDonald's and buying a cheeseburger for 99p, just a one pound coin. I just walk in there, yeah, just give me a cheeseburger for a pound, that's it, and I walk off. But now it's gone up to a pound 19. 
Mm. What is going on? Well, can I still get a McFlurry for dessert, or is that gone? Well, you can get. Well, no, you can get more flurry, but they clearly stated that more price hikes are on the way, and McFlurry is on that list. So McFlurry yeah, is going to get hiked up too. as well. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know if they're focusing just on the value item. It doesn't seem like it. Yeah, but yeah, everybody's getting hit now, man. Yeah, if McDonald's is having to put their prices up, yeah, we're all getting yeah. hit. Well, you know, when I when I travel to places, and you know, I travel a lot that's how i'm able to bring pops of the world to the world but uh it, it's it's <laughs> you know I, I actually do follow i believe you know what they call the big mac index is very accurate i'm serious like if i go mm. want to i go to a place and i want to get a sense of how expensive things are i walk into the nearest mcdonald's and i look at what is the price of a big mac and it's weird, but you actually can get a fairly good sense. But what the, I think part of why McDonald's is such a good barometer in terms of the economy and where prices are going is that more than any other company I've seen, McDonald's really tries to keep its prices the same. Like it's crazy, but McDonald's will actually take a loss and 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 lower their profit margins just so that they can keep having 99 cents cheeseburgers, like you said, for like the past mm. Is it over the past decade, 14 years? Yeah. And 14. it kind of works. Like everyone always says, oh, oh, McDonald's, their food is so bad. Why do I keep eating there? Well, one of the reasons that in terms of pricing, they still can't be beat. Like, you know, you no. go to other places and they're so much more expensive than McDonald's. And McDonald's still has quite a bit lower price, you know. So if McDonald's prices are going up, you know inflation's bad. Mm. But um exactly. And they continue, and they continue to say, um, other items on the menu that are expected to increase in price include breakfast meals, large coffees, McNugget share boxes, and a popular McFlurry dessert. No, McFlurry! <laughs> ah, that's what I was waiting for. Do you know McFlurries were actually invented in Canada? It was a Canadian McDonald's that started them. But when they first really? came out, they were high quality. Like the cream was really rich and they had lots of Smarties and caramel and nuts. Like, not like now where it's just like, it's just like, you know, like slushy milk yeah it's like slushy it's like vanilla vanilla flavoring <laughs> and water you know it's like you know well and then they've added to the value menu now you can get i think they're bringing back the premium uh, mcflurries as envisioned by you know the original but anyway yeah so, so that's you there and then and then just to finish off it says the cost of the go large option sizing up from a medium drink and fries on a meal deal is also doubling to 60p so it's wow. down now. It's 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 real. It is real, and we're living it now, mate. Mm. Wow. Well, what can, what can I say? I mean, I I think I might go for a McFlurry. <laughs> Until next time, guys. We're checking out. Peace.